Welcome to a little surprise for this episode, as it is the introduction to Purpose After Loss episodes that are coming in September. In our regular Grief to Great Day episodes, we talk about the pain, the pit, and progress through the hardest season of your life. The second episode will focus on your purpose after loss, the rebuilding of your future. Now, do you think it's too soon for you to be here? Well, I say no, because even if you aren't ready to hear some of the things I'm going to share, even if you can't imagine having a different life, these episodes will plant seeds and give you a different perspective on what can be. This is not to rush your process or your progress. It's only to shine light on hope as you walk through the days you don't want to get out of bed. Don't worry, the regular Grief to Great Day episodes will continue to be released each Sunday. Are you ready? Because here we go. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on to the house and let's go walk while we talk. Yes, this is different, and that's because this is an introduction to the first Purpose After Loss episode of Grief to Great Day. Now, the couch remains the place for us for our regular episodes focused on the first days, weeks, months, and even the first year of walking through grief. We talk about the pain, the pit, and the progress of the hardest season of your life. The second episode will focus on your purpose after loss, the rebuilding of your future. Now, do you think this is too soon for you to be here? I say no, because even if you aren't ready to hear some of the things I'll share, even if you can't imagine having a different life, these episodes will plant seeds and give you a different perspective on what can be. This is not to rush your process or your progress. It's to shine light on hope as you walk through the days you don't want to get out of bed. So there will be many truth in love alerts that will forewarn you about things you may not want to hear but need to. Like when my former pastor listened to me cry and complain about Monica's pain and death and then calmly and lovingly said that I bumped into the sovereignty of God. Now, I didn't want to hear that, but it shifted my perspective and it helped in my healing. Your regular Grief to Great Day episodes will be available each Sunday as before. And then the Purpose After Loss episodes will be aired twice a month, probably midweek through the end of this year at least. So I'm Steph, and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I hope you feel welcomed, heard, and now through these 
Purpose After Loss episodes challenged. Hello to everyone listening in the land down under, Australia, our spotlight country of the week. And I also want to give a shout out to Washington State, who remains the state with the most downloads. I share these to remind you that people all over the world experience loss and walk through grief. So you're not alone as you get through difficult days in the rebuilding of a new normal. In life, and especially in grief, wanting and wishing that things could be different do not make things different. Wishing is passive. It's dreaming. And there's a place for dreaming in your life, but being willing is active. It says that I want to get better. I want to grow because of this grief. I want to have the faith and peace no matter what. Being willing is a decision that's followed by saying no matter what. On the other hand, wishing is a decision not to act. And it's followed by saying nothing will change no matter what. That distinction is critical. Grief makes it so easy to get stuck in wishing because of the pain. But you have to decide you want more than this. For years, Monica and I wanted to do a triathlon. And I think I have mentioned this before, but after deciding that we weren't going to wear bathing suits in public, it kind of nixed the dream. <laughs> However, we watched Iron Man races on television and then even purchased the DVDs. We got emotionally involved in the stories of people who were racing. Their backgrounds, their struggles, what they went through was incredible. We cheered them on, and when some athletes literally crawled across the finish line, we were amazed. We, at times, or more accurately, sporadically, would run, okay, jog, and at times rode our bikes. The wish to do the race remained, but we weren't willing to do the actual training to achieve the goal. Looking back, I realized we just never thought we could. We were so convinced of our inability to achieve that goal that we never tried and just kept wishing. Jeff, my husband, has completed triathlons and even a half Ironman. Now, when I met him, he had just gotten into running for a couple of years. And I remember him telling me about his first runs on the treadmill where he had to walk run. And then his first 5K and his first half marathon. And then I went to watch his first marathon. I watched him take these steps. I watched his consistent 5 a.m. runs and swims. Well, I watched as he got out of bed to go do them. <laughs> his long bike rides, his spin classes, and his dedication to the training program. What I also noticed was his improvement, that he was a little bit better, a little bit stronger over time. At the actual half Ironman race, I watched him run by me after his swim, and that was incredible. I even got the ladies I had just met in the crowd to yell for him. <laughs> he jumped on his bike and after almost 60 miles, came off the bike strong, happy, and excited. Then he ran his 13.1 miles to the finish line. I was amazed. And it was so cool to see how well he did. And all of his training came back to my mind and made me respect his commitment. It was also an incredible moment to watch someone that I knew do something that Monica and I always talked about. And it was inspiring because for the first time, I actually thought, hmm, maybe I could do this. I take the time to share all that 
because what Monica and I only wished of doing is something that Jeff had the willingness to do. He was willing to do the hard things consistently over time, even when he didn't feel like it, which was surprisingly a lot. If you are an all or nothing kind of person like me, this becomes even more difficult, but we have to stop using that as an excuse. My first year of grief, I wanted to understand why right away. I wanted to stop hurting like yesterday, and I wanted the formula to growth given quickly without the patience of the time it would take for God to work in my life. My sprinting actions left me more frustrated than healed and no closer to the goal. When I stopped trying to get there by wishing and wanting, I calmed down enough to take the small steps consistently over time that made my second year of grief a changing year of healing for me. I was no longer failing when I took the little steps. I was actually progressing. Every day in the beginning of your grief, there's work to be done. You still have to breathe when that's hard to do. You must function in a world that is absolutely foreign and confusing. This makes everything hard and exhausting. If this is where you are today, the work of your grief is different from when you are finding a new normal and in your heart know that you know that you know there's more for you to do, that God has a purpose for you, and that it's time to start walking toward it. If you're listening to this episode today, you have resources to help you through, so this can no longer be an excuse for you. When Monica died and I didn't know where to find Christian grief support, I asked everyone involved in palliative care and end-of-life care at the hospital. I was pointed to Grief Share which I struggled to go to, but that was it. Beyond that, there was very little. So with the help of my advisor, I turned the focus of my master's degree in public health into finding and creating community grief support. This was my willingness to do whatever, to find the answer or support, to get through the absolute hardest time in my life. It was also balanced with days on the couch where I could hardly move. There were times I purchased videos and Bible studies on death and heaven and faith and other times I just cried all day long. That is the craziness and the work of grief. The first year I knew it would never get better and I thought, no, I was certain I would live without joy, strength, or peace for the rest of my life. The second year I allowed God to have more control of my life than I had and the mustard seed of faith I tucked away began to grow. I had glimpses of a future I couldn't fathom, but I was willing to trust. I was drawn, even then, to help others through grief, the thing that almost killed me. So the work of grief at that point was less sprinting, less aggressive, and more quieted. My movement was less dramatic, not all or nothing, but it was more consistent over time. I hope you know that staying in the bed or on the couch will keep you in the bed or on the couch. And worse, it will keep you from healing and from your future and the purpose God has in store for you. If you're wondering what you should be doing right now, like what is the work for you based on where you are, I'm going to tell you. 
If you remember when I talked about my practical stages of grief, breathe, laugh, live, flourish, and help others, that is what will determine your current level of work through grief. If you are in the still trying to catch my breath, or I actually laughed, but then I felt guilt, or even beginning to feel like you aren't living in the twilight zone, the work of grief for you is around pursuing God, understanding grief, processing daily life, and seeking support. Those things are vital. And that's why I created the workshop on them. I'm telling you, it will help you tremendously. Now, if you are living life that isn't great, but is far from where you were, or you begin having the desire to do something bigger and you want to help others, then these episodes will be the go-to for your purpose after loss. These episodes, I'll be a pusher and I'll help you figure out the next best purpose versus healing step for you. I'm really excited about this because I know how shockingly hard grief can be, how you can feel hopeless and helpless. But I also know what the other side can be too, how God does redeem the pain and in its place provides purpose, meaning, joy, peace, and love. It's incredible to have a life you couldn't have imagined because it's so much better than you thought possible. The story of your life now, it's not like you would have written it, but I need you to be willing to consider a different way of looking at things. Remember I said that looking back on Monica's and my belief around the triathlon, the fact that we were convinced of our inability? Well, that's what I want you to start thinking about. Do you believe things will never get better? That you can't make it through this? That life can't ever be good again? Challenge those thoughts. Put down what you had planned and be willing to live out the life that God has planned for you. And that's your journey works, the work of your journey. And yes, these remain, (laughs) but there will only be one for each of these episodes. So for this week, it is to challenge your thoughts that tell you it's not possible. To instead counter those with all things are possible through Christ. Our word of the week is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things, not a few, not some, but all things. Yes, even this grief thing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And listen to Mandisa's Overcomer, our song of the week. I'm telling you, Mandisa gets it. Her music was truly a balm to my soul, a reminder of God's goodness, and a kick in the butt. You are not going under because God is holding you right now. You're an overcomer, a.k.a. warrior. And here are a few other ways for you to take action and connect the workshop. Y'all, I'm telling you, if you need direction on what to do in the first days, weeks, months, and even the first year, if you feel stuck, this workshop will be a tremendous help. Listen at the end for more details or go to grieftogreatday.com to purchase. Also have the individual grief coaching, the private Facebook group, and always, if you don't have a church home, visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. Links to 
all the stuff you need, those links are in the show notes. In the meantime, remember that God has a purpose for you. Yes, even after such a crushing loss. So keep on coming back to the house so we can keep walking and taking those steps, slow and steady, but consistent steps towards your purpose. And here's the information on the workshop. Your search for what do I do now? It's over. If your loved one has just died and you feel like you're in the twilight zone and you don't know what to do, this is the workshop you need. What's just happened to you is surreal and the world can feel upside down. Getting through the day is hard enough, but knowing where to find help for what you're going through should not add to the overwhelm. Don't be frustrated searching for help and then do nothing. Mindless internet searches and the quotes on loss, the ones that make you nod in agreement, may provide momentary relief. But don't you want to truly heal? I know you'd rather stay in bed, but time alone does not heal all wounds. What you do with the time, that is what will determine your destination. I know you've thought, I never knew it would be this hard but you don't know what role you play in your healing process. So in this workshop, you'll discover the most important actions to take in the confusing first days, weeks, and months of grief when the world has flipped and you're still in a fog. So think about this. What if you knew the next best step to take right now as you're forced to live life without your loved one? What if you knew the destructive actions to avoid and why? What if you didn't need to sort through the list of try this or read that from well-meaning friends and family who haven't been through loss? What if you knew someone who saw the warrior rising within you while understanding the endless tears and pain you fight against every day? What if you could build your faith instead of distancing yourself from God as you process the whys, the what-ifs, and the endless questioning? And what if you had help to live when you can't imagine life without them? Now, there are four actions to take, and the workshop walks you through each of them. They are, action one, pursue God. The power, it's not in religion. It's in the relationship. Action two, understand grief. Grief will affect you physically, spiritually, and emotionally in ways you never imagined. Action three, process daily life. The daily grind, that's where the battles are won. Action four, seek support. There's a lot of choices for support, both in person and online, but not in alignment with your Christian values. Do not wait to walk toward healing. Become empowered, not overwhelmed. I know everything else is confusing right now. This won't be. You're going to receive lifetime access to the workshop private Facebook group, six bonuses, including audio and written downloads, meditation cards, and discounts. So if you're ready to finally take God-focused, healthy action, get rid of the overwhelm, the wishing and the wanting to get better, this, this is the place to start. I know what it's like to watch someone you love die, to sit in a corner and to scream, be angry with God and to hurt so bad you can't even describe it. I've experienced the kind of loss that takes your breath away. I've fought the endless tears and felt like a failure when I couldn't hold it together in church 
or as I ran out of the grocery store. There's hope and help. You can heal and get to the point that you're ready to create a life for yourself. And if that sounds far away or even impossible, then you're in the right place. God gave me the heart and the passion to help you walk through the hardest moments. You need to know there's life on the other side of grief. Maybe you can't even breathe right now. And the thought of laughing or being happy again seems unrealistic. Your world has been turned upside down, but you can survive and even thrive. You will breathe, laugh, and live again. The healing you want is real, and it's within your reach. And this is where you start. Take faith-based action for your healing. Go to grief2greatday.com, grief2greatday.com. Click on Work With Me and scroll to Workshop to purchase today. Look, there's a money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose, but there is help and hope to gain. Don't delay. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.